0: Well, there's a scene from uh, Pixar's Wall-E, which gives maybe a glimpse as to what life might look like a bit down the road. You say, oh, no, it can't be exactly like that, you know, just drinking out of a cup and floating around on little comfy chairs and, you know, just snapping your fingers and something happens. Well, let me tell you, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm 56 years old, and uh, when I was a kid, most of what we are living with today was part of science fiction. <laughs> And it's hard to believe how things have changed in my lifetime, and I'm sure many of you can attest to the same kind of thing. And that's why we're talking about the TechWise family and how that relates to our faith and building character in our families. And uh, and this was just a little teaser to kind of get us thinking about what would what choices would we make if certain technology was offered to us today? If you went out and were told that well, you wouldn't have to cook anymore, you wouldn't have to, you wouldn't have to clean up, you wouldn't have to prepare, you could just grab a Cup as you went by, and uh, your meals would be provided for you. You know, Uh, would we take those kind of choices in our life and for our families? And what kind of what kind of Consequences would there be of those kind of choices? That's what we're talking about over the next four weeks, and uh, we want this to be very practical. At the same time, we want to encourage you to uh, to open your heart to what the Holy Spirit's going to say to you, because you know Jesus and the the Bible are very interested in the things that you do on a daily basis, the choices you make, including how we use technology in our life. But before we get to that, I just want to say a big thank you to everybody for, uh, for, uh, that has participated with us over the past year, 2017. Um, it's a great year of transition for us as a church. Many things changed around uh, our church and uh, with diff- new people coming in and some people leaving and financially it was a very challenging year for us. Uh, I won't lie about that. And uh, We're still counting up and tallying things up, but it looks like we we did okay at the end of the year. But uh, I just want to encourage you to continue to, uh, to do what you can and what you have committed to in order to keep our church strong and moving forward. We have some exciting plans for 2017. We're going to start rolling them out next week as we talk about uh, 2018 being a year of outreach. And we have some, some, some things that we're just laying before the Lord and uh, just asking the Lord to empower us. And we're going to ask you for your help to help us to be able to do that. Coming up later this month, we're going to be starting a new series of... Um Real-life connection groups: another opportunity for you to get involved in a in a smaller group, spend some time, uh, six to eight weeks, probably with a group of people, um, just studying through uh, uh, some material, but mostly just connecting with one another. Because we're all about connecting to God, each other, and our world. That's what we're all about, and so we're going to be uh, looking forward to that over the next uh, next year as well. And we just believe the Lord has some good things for us. Well, you know, we put out some questions this week on Facebook, kind of get people thinking about uh, about uh, our series, The TechWise Family. We asked some questions about uh, you and your use of technology. We found out that most people have given up having a landline. Uh, you don't have landlines coming into your houses anymore. You just, continue, you just started using the cell phones. We asked people what their favorite or their, their, their most influential piece of technology has been in their life. Um, and uh, most people are... Some of the strong contenders were cars. Um, we, we really like our cars, and they're very helpful. Um, and uh, uh, some people said they're washers and dryers. They really like those things. <laughs> and um, those were some of the top devices. And cameras. You know, those have been around a long time. Those are old, but now they're so personal and everybody has one with them all the time. But the, the idea of having, uh, keeping memories and having that ability to be able to capture moments. And then to be able to look back at them um, years later was something that was very popular as well. Asked where you keep your phone at night. Most people keep it very close to them at their bedside with all kinds of different reasons for doing that. But one thing I have learned in preparing for this series is that's not a good choice. <laughs> That's not a healthy choice, and uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more maybe later um, and, uh, and let you know about that. At the end of the service, we are going to take some time for a Q&A for a question and answer. We think this is a, a topic that uh, people will maybe have some questions about, so we want to give a few minutes at the end of the service uh, or at the end of my message for you to be able to ask some questions. Maybe I'll be able to answer them, or maybe you'll just be able to talk about them together and... Uh, and uh, um in a small group here before we leave, and uh, depending on how much time we have. Well, I think what we want to be... uh this, uh, the, the title, The tech Family, is not one that we made up, or that I made up. It's one that comes from a book that was published this, uh, just a few months ago. Um, and, uh, what it was is, uh, the Barna Group, who are, many of you are familiar with, they are, they are statisticians, they do surveys and, and take, gets, draw statistics, and, uh, they did a, a study on the use of technology and its effect on families, and they asked, um, Andy Crouch, the uh, former editor of Christianity Today, to work with them and write a book on the impact of technology on the family. And so the book is called The Wise Family. And uh, so we have read the book. We're not using the book. We're not preaching out of the book. But we have taken some ideas from it. And it's a very practical book. And we encourage you, if you're interested in it, to, uh, to pick up the book. One of the things that um, that they talk about is the fact that, you know, um, we've always had tools uh, you know we've we you know from the beginning of time people have invented tools but tools generally are things that are increase our productivity they're they they require risk and skill but today we have traded in tools for devices and they're not necessarily things that require skill now, I know there are some people that, uh, that work in the technology industry, and they would say, whoa, i got lots of skill, I've got lots of education, I had to study really, really hard, and I'm not, uh, not uh, doubting that or trying to say that you don't have skill. But the truth of the matter is most of our devices can be operated by a toddler. <laughs> Uh, You don't necessarily require the knowledge to be able to operate the devices. You know, you probably wouldn't give your toddler the hammer out of your toolbox, because that would be dangerous. But many of us will pass over our cell phone or our tablet and say, here, play with this for a while. And so we live in that kind of uh, technology-saturated world. Today we want to focus on the word wisdom that's what we want to talk about today over the next few weeks we'll be talking about different words next week pastor nate's going to be talking about rest um, and how technology affects our rest and uh, the biblical concepts of rest and Sabbath and how technology uh, interacts with that. Uh, the following week, Pastor Eric's going to be talking about creativity and uh, how technology works with creativity and how creativity is uh, important to us and our growing. And then our final message, will be talking about the, the evil side, the dark side of technology. The number one concern of a lot of parents, um, that I talk to, uh, is, you know, the, the, the influence that, uh, technology can have for evil. On their kids, the pornography industry, um, the, uh, the the hook up industry of the of the internet and of apps and those kind of things, and and social media and bullying online and things like that. And uh, so, those are some of the things we're going to address in the final week. And um, there's a reason why we're doing that at the end and not at the beginning. Because today we want to talk about wisdom, wisdom and courage, and a parent. Or I, I me mean, you may not be a parent anymore, but every one of us has responsibility for children and uh, that we're involved with, whether we teach them, whether we interact with them as in our neighborhood, uh, whether they're our grandkids, we all have responsibility with children, young people, young adults, and with ourselves, because heaven knows we adults, even some of us who are the most mature, have uh, challenges with uh, our use of technology. So what is our role in wisdom, passing on wisdom to the next generation, and what, how does it relate to uh, technology? Proverbs 24, verses 3 and 4 are the, is the verse I want us to focus on this morning. The, the wise man says, a house is built by wisdom and becomes strong through good sense. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with all sorts of precious riches and valuables. Would you read that with me? Let's read it out loud together. A house is built by wisdom and becomes strong through good sense. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with all sorts of precious and valuables. Wisdom and courage are the things that come uh, as a result of putting into our lives good sense, knowledge, and wisdom. It is important that we think about these things. Modern technology... Uh, The book, uh, TechWise Family, talks about easy everywhere. And that was kind of pictured in the little... little, Uh, segment we had from Wally this morning, is that this idea that we could have easy everywhere. We've always dreamed that we could just invent that next thing that is going to make life easier and we'd have it everywhere. Everywhere we go, things would be simple and would be easy. And it's true. Nowadays, we can can connect with people all over the world at just just a touch of a finger. We can talk face to face via our computers with people around the world. All kinds of things can happen for us us easy and everywhere at any time. But does that necessarily, has that made us wiser? Has it made us, has it enriched our homes? Has it filled our homes with more precious things, precious relationships? These are the things that are truly valuable. And what's our role in those things when we think about um, responsibility? So we are going to have Q&A today and the number is going to be on the screen and uh, so you can look at that number at any time, and I'll have it there on, uh, on most of my slides this morning. And uh, so at any time you think of a question, you can just grab your phone and you can text into that number and, uh, and leave your question. Then at the end, we'll have time for to answer some of those questions. So get them in when you think about them. first thing I want you to note is that ultimately parents are responsible and in charge. I talked to a group of parents this week that are not from Parkway Church. We had a group of neighbors in, um, on, on New Year's Day and, uh, they were all parents and I, we were sitting around the table and we were eating and, uh, and I said, hey, you know, I'm doing this series in uh, in church, and I'm just wondering. I want to get some of your ideas about what concerns you about technology. And they talked about a lot of different things. One of their biggest concerns was the access that their children have to people that are total strangers and how strangers might influence them. That you know, we as parents uh, are as parents they they try to protect their kids, but when they're online, they they can be vulnerable. And and how these parents are taking uh, responsibility for for being part of that, um, that problem or the, protecting their children from those kind of problems through social media and all different kinds of things and, uh, and just the amount of time that kids spend on, um, on their devices and things like that when to buy your kids a device when to you know how to how to, to restrict access and all of those kind of things one of them uh one of the parents was a uh, a high school guidance counselor and uh her observations were very interesting because she said what she has seen in her in her observation of kids with technology because every high school student now has a device usually is that they they have more difficulty uh socializing with one another face to face they um They tend to text all the time, and they don't necessarily have the skills of... uh, the social skills that are necessary to resolve conflict and things like that. She was saying many of her... Much of her day is filled with mediating conflict resolution with uh, students and because they just don't have those skills because they haven't developed those skills. They don't, uh, they're hesitant to use a, a telephone to make a call for anybody. They'd rather always uh, text and things like that. She said, uh, and the lack of friends. She said, many students do not have friends at all except what they can connect with on their devices. So those are some things. But what we need to understand is, That the Bible makes parents clearly responsible for this problem or for this challenge. Let's put it that way. And sometimes parents are, I think today, are very concerned about their children's happiness. And happiness, you want your kids to be happy, but happiness isn't the prime responsibility or the primary thing that we, the, 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 the most, the thing we want to achieve most in the lives of our families. Uh, happiness is important, but it's not the only thing. And we cannot ignore our responsibility in this area. For instance, a parent or grandparent, you won't give your children or your grandchildren just anything to eat. You know, they say, Oh, I want candy for supper. How many of you give your can- kids candy for supper? No. No, you say, Well, you might have some dessert or a candy after you eat this, uh, these good for you things. Um, and, uh, so you might, you, you know, you would, you would do, um, you would ha- make sure they eat things well. Uh, many of us just won't let our kids decide what they're gonna wear every day to school. They might go to school with their pajamas on every day, you know? So we have to, we have to, you know, set out their clothes, we buy their clothes, we make sure that they're, they're warm when they leave the house, especially in these days. You know, put on your hat, put on your mitts, put on your cheeks. Have you tried to get, have you ever tried to get a teenager, Uh, to get dressed properly, to go out to school, you know it's almost impossible. I, I was, the other day I was driving down the street in this you know, freezing cold weather and this teenager was walking down the street with, he had a coat on at least, but it was wide open. He had no hat, no scarf, no nothing. And they're thinking, oh my goodness, but that's a teenager. They have no idea what kind of risk they're going through. They're really still kind of brain damaged, you know, and they really don't understand the risk involved in going out uh, in the freezing weather. And I, you know, I know that when we had teenagers, there came an age where you could not get them to wear boots anymore. They wear running shoes you know, every day of the year. And uh, anyway, that's teenagers. So, but we take responsibility for that. We do our best to make sure that they are well fed, they're well clothed, that they have good shelter. We don't let our kids sleep anywhere. You know, we say, you got to be in by such and such a time, and I want to see you in your bed because you need a good night's sleep. We don't say, oh, you can just go sleep anywhere you like. Go sleep on a park bench or, you know, sleep at a friend's or sleep here, sleep there. No, we take responsibility for those things. And in the same kind of way, we as parents need to take responsibility for how our children use technology. Because technology is as, has as many, uh, as many uh, dangers as it has good par- qualities to it. We can't deny the fact that there are many good things about technology today. And in no way are, do we, do I, uh, want to tell you that you have to get rid of all your technology. And neither does the book, The Tech Wise Family. It's talking about how we are going to wisely use and come alongside technology today to be able to bring Uh, raise our children responsibly. Three areas of responsibility I want us to talk about. Um, And that is, we have a responsibility to nurture our children. Nurturing is a primary responsibility of parents. Proverbs 5, 2-4 says, For I am giving you good guidance. Don't turn away from my instructions, for I too was once my father's son, tenderly loved as my mother's only child. My father taught me, take my words to heart, follow my commands, and you will live. If you were raised in a good, loving home and you were nurtured by your parents, you can appreciate the fact that it was a, that's a very healthy thing. That they provided an environment for you that was, was warm and was nurturing and that they tenderly cared for you and taught you within that environment. Now the environment that we have today is very different than the environment that there was a few years ago. Something like the internet has transformed our world uh, like, like in, a, in such a huge way. There are probably few inventions that have come along that have transformed the world as much as the internet. Maybe the printing press... That was one thing that uh, transformed the world. It was just one invention, but it, it made the world a different place to live. It caused all kinds of reforms in the world as people became educated about things that they couldn't know about before because, because there was circulation of, of pamphlets and papers and, and newspapers came into play and all that kind of thing. As we were able to give information to people, it just, it just transformed the world. The steam engine is probably another thing that transformed the world, creating the industrial revolution, automating many things that could only be done by hand, and making us able to mass-produce things and get places really quickly. Those, those things are some of the things, but the internet today is, has wildly transformed our world. Now, the, the kind of information that is available to us is, is, is so much information, and it has no accountability. And that's the difference between that, this and the printing press. You you don't have to get a publisher to publish yourself anymore. You can publish anything you want on the Internet, and you don't have any accountability, and so you can read all kinds of crazy things on the Internet. But our responsibility is to, within the realm of that world, is to create a nurturing environment for our kids, whether that be in our homes, whether that be in our church. We need to be nurturing children along the way. Now, that's very different than manipulating children. All right, And I've, this is one of, one of the things that I see a lot, is I see you know, the tendency to use something like technology as a manipulation tool and not as a nurturing tool. And what I mean by that is, for instance, you might say to your child, well, you know, um, you, know you want your child to do something. You want them to go to bed. You want them to eat their vegetables. You want them to uh, uh, be quiet for a while. Uh, and you, you, you bargain with them. You negotiate with them and say, well, if you do what I want you to do, then I'll let you uh, use your technology. If uh, you don't do what you want to do, I'll take away your tablet. And, you know, there's a, there's a real tendency with something that is so um, so tangible and so immediate to use that as a way to manipulate our children. And that's not necessarily a healthy thing to do. I'm not saying you can never do it, but when you think about it, that's not really nurturing. That's not really fostering the kind of, of environment that builds trust. What it does is it means who can outsmart who? Who can be more manipulative? And let me tell you, kids can be way more manipulative than parents, and they can turn it back on you. And so we have to be really careful that we don't let uh, those kind of things. This is not a, this is not a thing to Negotiate about. It's your responsibility as a parent to moderate behavior. You have to take that responsibility. You have to model it as well. You know, one of the things that the Techwise Family book talks about is how important or how valuable boredom is. We don't like boredom. Um, we we tend to to want to to um, you know fill any empty space in our life today and. What's more, what's more easy than just pulling out our phone and checking the news, you know? Oh, what's on CNN? What's on CBC? What's the weather? When is it going to snow? How many times do you check the weather a day on your weather app? Like, you know, how many times do you need to check? <laughs> the weather's going to happen. But, you know, oftentimes we'll just fill a moment by taking out a device and looking at it, and we've, we fail to model the idea in front of our kids that, you know, you don't have to have a device in your hand all the time to enjoy life. That sometimes sitting back and then just looking out the window is enough. Just enjoying the weather uh, this week inside, <laughs> looking out. Um, but, you know, just enjoying the things that God has given us. We can sit and we can be quiet. We can reflect. We can, we can, we can enjoy the taste of our food without holding a device in our hand and checking our Facebook feed or Instagram feed or whatever, whatever is feeding us. We can just feed ourselves with food. We don't have to feed ourselves with social media at the same time. And, in fact, these things are actually very healthy choices for you and for me. And they're healthy choices for our children as well. And that's the kind of nurturing environment we need to develop with our kids. We need to show them that lovingly that the choices we make with our technology are are, are create the kind of environment. You know, see, if everybody, one of the, one of the ideas that the TechWise family suggests is that you make, uh, you take a... An hour a day, a day a week, and Nate's going to talk about this next week, uh, a week a year uh, and go uh, technology free. So for instance, an hour a day, you might want to say, our dinner time, nobody has technology. We leave our cell phones and all the other things aside and we um, we even, you know, shut all the phones off so we can't even hear them ringing and we just spend time with one another. Those are the kind of choices that create a nurturing environment by putting priorities around the relationships in our home and not around the technology and who might want to to to, um, to use it. Another thing that we often do that I think is dangerous and doesn't create necessarily a nurturing environment is using technology to take care of our children. And this is a real temptation, and I understand it 100%. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not in any way kind of judging people, but we have to be careful how we use technology as kind of a babysitter or, a, or a, a, as, a, as a way. It's part of that manipulation thing that, you know, we replace ourselves sometimes and our role in, their, in the lives of the children around us by using technology. The other thing, uh, the second thing is training. We have the responsibility of... Nurturing, We have the responsibility of training. Proverbs 22, verse 6 says, Direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. Training is all about helping our kids, our families, and ourselves deal with the realities of life. And the reality of life is that it's not easy everywhere. In fact, there are hardships in life. There are difficulties in life. And we have to, we have to train our children to understand that. You know, children have to grow up knowing that video games are not reality. You can't make a, you can't make a living off of video games. I was listening to uh, a report the other day that said that uh, there is a decline in the employment rate of young males. That young that young males are resisting entering the work uh, force uh, in their twenties because they're still they want to stay at home and play video games. They don't want to work, and uh, this is this is not something that uh, that you know that's not part of the training that I think the values that we want our kids to be trained with. And it's a, it's kind of a byproduct of this technological age that we live in, and um, so. We see people, you know, and, and the, the commentators in this, uh, this podcast I was listening to were saying this could have economic repercussions for us down the road if, uh, if all of our young males uh, are, are, fail to launch successfully into careers and all of those kind of things. We have to, so, you know, when we think about that, it's an important thing when you think about training your children that, uh, you know, you have to put your device away to do your chores, Chores are still an important thing to do. We all have to work, so we teach our children to work. We have them help us do the dishes or do the vacuuming or clean the room because these are the realities of life that you can't escape. These are the things that will happen until we live in that world where someone else just cleans up our garbage for us and does all of those things. I guess that's part of reality is our participation in it. And so our children and our teenagers need to participate in the realities of life and these things. We also need to teach them and training them that there are consequences, that there is this law of sowing and reaping. If you put weeds in the ground, you're going to, weed seeds in the ground, you're going to get re- weeds. If you put, if you put, uh, grain seeds in the ground, you're going to harvest grain. These are the realities of the things that, uh, that of the world that we uh, live in. It's just a simple thing, but this is part of training. This is why we often have to allow our children to face the consequences of the choices that they make. And they can learn that easier. Now here's a different way of looking at your... Instead of thinking about using your the technology as a manipulation tool, if you set clear uh, boundaries... And rules around the use of technology, or around when you can use technology, it's not manipulative to say you can't use your technology until you complete such and such, or if you misuse your technology, you'll, it'll be taken away. You see, if you have clearly outlined rules about technology, that's actually teaching your children their consequences for uh, for your actions. If you just make up the rules every day as you go and they change every day, then that's manipulation. And that's the difference we need to understand, is that you can use these things to teach our children their consequences. Of course, there are some serious consequences involved in technology that we need to be careful of. We'll talk about them more on the fourth week when we talk about evil, but, you know, um, the the fact that... uh, You know a lot of young people today again not really understanding the consequences of their behavior not really seeing themselves as vulnerable to uh to uh to life you know just you know one of the characteristics of teenagers is they feel invincible they feel like nothing can destroy them so why would you need to close up your coat why would you need to wear a scarf why would you need to wear boots my feet won't freeze i'm superman uh, your feet might freeze, but my feet won't freeze. I won't get frostbite. You know, that's the kind of the idea that's in the, in the head of teenagers because their lack of brain development. Sorry if you're a teenager. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to judge you or anything like that. It's just a reality. You'll grow up someday, and uh, you'll understand that at this stage in your life, you're not necessarily the one that makes the best choices all the time, and that's where you need your parents' help. And uh, so there are a lot of things happening with uh, with. Young people today and the consequences of the use of, uh, of the kind of messages they send to one another, the kind of pictures they send to one another, they don't realize that there could be criminal uh, activity going on. They just think they're doing something that's silly and they don't see their own vulnerability. The other thing that I think we do need to teach our children is that, uh, that communication is important and certainly technology can help us to communicate. We need to communicate with one another. We need to communicate with the world around us. And communication is very, very important. And we need to put communication with our families at a high level priority. And so, yes, it can be used to communicate, but sometimes those things need to be put aside so we can truly communicate. So we can share our hearts, so we can share the deeper things of life. You can't share some of the deep stories and the deep ideas and the, and, and the deep uh, love and tenderness that needs to be communicated to our children through a text message. And so we have to be careful how we use these things. Training is our responsibility. Discipling is also our responsibility. And that word discipling... That means we have a follower, we have someone that's kind of coming along with us, someone that's living in our shadow, and we're teaching them as we go through life, we disciple. And part of that word is the word discipline. And so, yes, discipline has to be part of, of how we train, how we nurture. You can't really nurture uh, a child or train a child without the concept of discipline. Proverbs 3:11 to 13 says, My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. Joyful is the person who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding. It's very important to understand that that as parents, as leaders in our homes, as people that have responsibility over children, whether it be at school or at church or in, in, in leading a club or, or coaching a team, how, wherever we have interaction with children, there is that responsibility of nurturing and training, and part of that comes along with it is discipline. Learning through the hardships of life is one of the greatest ways to learn. You don't learn in the easy everywhere moments of life. You learn way more in the hardship. When you face a a trial, when you face a difficulty, when you face a challenge, those are the times that you learn and that you grow. And we can't hide our children from those things. We can't protect them from all of those things. In fact, we need to force them to engage in some of these things in order to disciple them and discipline them. And so we have to think about the use of technology in those things. Sometimes... We need to do it the hard way, not the easy way. Sometimes we need to put the, the, the phone aside and actually do our homework without the aid of Wikipedia or Google or, or a calculator. You know, sometimes we need to actually do the work ourselves and we need to model that as well is all part of that. Let's take a moment for some uh, Q&A, and I think there are some questions. I've seen some flash on the screen up here already. So let's uh, see. Do we have a question up there? Maybe we could have some house lights up as well. Beside me. Oh. Old-fashioned. What happened to technology? You know, we really, we really, we really teach here to to bring about change. And I didn't know it would be so fast that we'd. Uh Can you speak to the irony of having us texting questions during a sermon on technology? Yeah. All right. Like I said, we don't deny technology and its value. And in fact, one of our commitments is to engage technology in a more uh, constructive way. So, for instance, you know, uh, people used to say we should ban people from using cell phones at church. Um, I've had people say that to me, you know. I I said, well, how are you going to do that? How are you going to actually tell, tell people to put those things away? You know, when I was young, um, Hope and I were in, uh, in, in church together. We were dating, and her dad was the pastor, and we used to pass notes that we wrote on the back of the offering envelopes. Ooh, right? Yeah. And her father, once in a while, said, my daughter and that boy back there, could you just stop passing them? <laughs> Did we stop? No. <laughs> And, you know, our cell phones have really replaced that. So what we want to do is creatively use those things to engage and to be able to, to do that. So, you know, for instance, a couple weeks ago we played a game and uh, it was a fun game that people, you know, families kind of got together and played a bit of the game. So that's, that's the irony of it, is that we want to use it. We don't want to abuse it. We're not saying it's evil. We're not saying it's bad. It's something that has to be harnessed like any source of power. Electricity is great, when it's under control. When it's out of control, it's very dangerous. How does the required use of technology in schools affect the rules set up by parents and contradictions? Well, that's a challenging one. Is that, you know, schools almost expect your children to have technology now. They plan on your children having technology, and schools will provide technology to your children. Um, in order to help them learn. And I think those are things you want to cooperate with. But at the same time, you need to understand you're the person in charge of your children, not your school. The school is there to aid you, and you have to look at your child, and you have to say, what is best for my child? And your, your, your teacher or your school policy may say one thing, but you can always say another thing. Now, you obviously have to negotiate that with your children. You have to talk that through with your children. They need to understand that that's coming out of a nurturing, loving place in your heart. You're not trying to be, you know, rain on their parade. You're not trying to make their life difficult. You, want, you have values that you want your children to share. So I think that's where, where I think we have to understand is we're not victims, or we shouldn't see ourselves, I should say, as victims of technology. As families, we are the ones in charge and we make the choices. And maybe your choice will make you and your child behave very differently than the people around them. And maybe not everybody will understand that. And maybe some people will um, make fun of your child because they don't have a cell phone when they're in grade three. Right? I'm being a bit, you know, exaggerating. Maybe your child will be the only one in their class that doesn't have a cell phone when they're, when they're in grade three. But that's a choice, that's a value choice that you make and you discuss with your child and you tell them why and you help them understand and you support them through those difficult times as well because not everybody is always going to uh, be on, on the same level. And not everybody here is going to make the same choices for their family. And there's no judgment involved in that. You just got to do your best that you know how to do it. Thoughts on teens and video games. Call of Duty, League of Legends, Minecraft, etc. I know very little about video games. So why don't you turn around and give one another some advice about what you would do with teenagers and video games, all right? So just turn around and talk about that for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, when it comes to video games, for myself, <clears throat> the only video game I still play is, uh, is Tetris. <laughs> That's how old-fashioned I am. Um, here's a good question. Uh, what is the right and or mature age to provide handheld electronics to our children. I think that's a, that's a value choice that you have to make based on your child and what you want the, to accomplish with it. I know what, you know, this is going back years ago now for Hope and I. We, um, our three oldest children, never got we never got them any kind of handheld device because it barely existed, but uh, they had to suffer through with just, you know, old-fashioned telephones and things like that. Um, but uh, when it came to our two youngest children... Bethany and Brian we gave them each a phone Uh, it was a flip phone Um, this seems so funny now—a uh, flip phone when they were 16, and we had—I had a very selfish reason for that because I often did the dropping off and picking up of the children, and I wanted it to be easy to be able to communicate with them. It had nothing to do with them; it had everything to do with me. So uh, <laughs> that was my. So you have to look at your own circumstances and really decide what the right age is. I think there are some alarming things, though, if you look at the statistics and that uh, that the Barner Research Group uh, did. Is once you give your child a hand. Held device, it becomes part of them, and it's not something that you can easily separate them from. So I think that's something you need to understand: is that once you once you make that decision and you give them that, then you have given them something that becomes as as uh, attached to them as their hand or their arm, right? And to get it back from them, you pretty well got to do you know something violent. <laughs> um, and one of the one of the biggest concerns, and this is where you want to set proper boundaries around is that most children uh, who have a device sleep with their device. Not with it just beside their desk, on their desk, not for their alarm clock purposes. They sleep with it. And their friends contact them in the middle of the night, and they have this, these interactions going on all the time. And oftentimes, this is what, the, what this uh, guidance counselor at a local high school said to me, is one of the things that is, is a huge concern in the high school age level is sleep, sleep deprivation. Because children just cannot put the phone down at the end of the day. So be aware of that. At what point are parents no longer responsible for their children? <laughs> Someone wants out. <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that, I, that, that Hope and I used, and I think this, this applies to everything, is that with privilege comes responsibility. And there is no age where you are no longer responsible for your children. The, 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 it, it happens in a very gradual way as you give pri- privileges and they take responsibility. Uh, you know, we've, we've, we've done this with, for instance, with cars for years, right? Just because a child is 16 can get their license doesn't mean you give them the keys to your car. Um, they have to have a certain level, they have to take a certain level of responsibility. You might say to them, well, you have to put gas on the car. Or you might say to them, you have to drive, you know, you, you can only drive certain areas. Or you can only drive so far. You know, you, you, you put restrictions on them at the beginning and then you, you allow them to, um, to, sh- to prove that they're responsible with the little bit you've given to them. And then you give them more and more and more and more. And in the end, what happens is they have all the responsibility and you have no liability anymore. They buy their own car, right? And, and, uh, and that's, that's where... It, you can't just put an age on that. If you have a child uh, at any age that needs your help, you're going you're gonna to help them. You're never free of that responsibility. At the same time, you can't, you can't um, enable uh, poor choices on their part. That's a very dangerous thing to do as well. You're not helping them if you enable poor choices. If you have, um, you know, a, um, one of those... Uh, young adults that is failing to launch, you know, and you're providing them with, uh, with what's the commercial say, cheese, you know? You got to cut out the cheese, you got to take the cheese out of the refrigerator and maybe that'll help them to decide to leave, you know? If you're making it too cushy for them at home, too easy for them to live at home, uh, maybe you're contributing to the failure to launch kind of thing. And maybe you need to put some parameters around that, like, you know, charging them rent or something like that. So that's where this kind of goes on a sliding scale. Um, <laughs> can you speak to parents following the same guidelines as they set for their children? Not do not do as I say, but do as I do, or the other way around. Um, I, I think that's there's no way. I'm, kids today are so um, attuned to hypocrisy. That's, wh- that's why a lot of young people don't, won't be part of a church anymore. They've seen so much hypocrisy in their life. Um, and they see, they see people saying one thing and doing another thing. They've seen that in their home. They've seen that in their church. They, they've been disappointed by church leaders. And they, will, they, they can sniff out hypocrisy Um, you know, a mile away. And what you need to be really determined from is you set guidelines for your kids in this area. You have to live by those guidelines as well. It's one thing to say to your kid, you can't sleep with your phone. Um, You shouldn't sleep with your phone either. And, uh, you know, someone said, uh, uh, and I won't look at the person, uh, said they (laughs) they use it for an alarm clock on our Facebook page. Well, you know, I, I checked. On Amazon, you can get an alarm clock for eight ninety nine. Yeah. Someone said, you know, well, I keep it by my bed because um, we don't have a landline, and, you know, what if an emergency happens? Well, put it in the next room and just put it as loud as you can or put a speaker on it or something like that so you can hear it. You know, uh, Hope and I lived in a farmhouse one time, uh, we, we were care- caring for, it was when we were just graduated and we weren't working yet and we took care of someone's home for the winter. It was an old farmhouse and they had one phone and it was downstairs in the hallway. Like, you know, good old fashioned homes, right? And I remember, you know, the phone ringing in the middle of the night and jumping up out of bed and running down the wooden stairs and slipping on the stairs. (laughs) You know, there are other ways. The phone doesn't have to be right beside you. And so I think those are the things that you have to count the cost yourself as you develop these kind of guidelines. And I think that's what the, the Bible teaches us. You can't just dictate to your children something you're not willing to live yourself in all areas of life. You can't have one set of moral uh, ideals for your kids and you live a different set of moral ideals. You know, you can't step, stop texting people. They're not going to stop texting people. Not, it comes a point where you have to put that aside. Is it, te- um, is it the technology or the information that is the problem? Technology can be a tool with training and discipline and consumption seems to be an issue. Definitely. Definitely. I think that's... that's um you can use a, as a great tool there's a lot of things that we do on our devices today like right now i'm checking the time and realizing it's time for me to quit um and there's some good questions here maybe we'll take some time and uh, throw them out on facebook this week and uh, see what kind of responses come back and um and uh but here's what i want you to do just before we uh, i turn it over to peter to close the service and I want to ask you today, are you willing to do what it takes? You know, oftentimes when we have a baby dedication, a child dedication here, we ask you as a congregation, as a community, because we're a community, we're a family together, and we all have responsibility in this. Uh, we ask you, are you willing to do what it takes to to, to do the right thing? And this idea of wisdom and us Bringing wisdom and courage into every situation, whether it be in the church or whether it be in our home, takes a responsibility, takes a, a, takes a determination on your part, on my part, to do several things. First of all, are we willing to be learners? Are you willing to have God teach you in this area of your life? Are you open to correction in your own life? Are you willing to set aside uh, some of your favorite things about uh, technology and lay it down so that you can model something really well? Are you Have you got all the answers or are you willing to learn more? Are you willing to ask the Lord to really teach you? And to, to open your heart. Are you willing to, to receive from the Lord what he wants to say to you? And then are you willing to actually do the modeling and the implementation in your home and with the children that you have, with your grandkids or with your, your, the kids at school or at church or whatever? Are you willing to do that? And if you would like to say today, I could use a little more wisdom and I'm willing to do my part And you just want to place yourself before the Lord today and say, Lord, this is a serious issue in our society. And I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to model. I'm willing to change. I'm willing to to do whatever you ask me to do in order to be a better person, more wise, more understanding, more influential than I've ever been before. If 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 you're willing to ask the Lord for that today, would you just stand with me and I'm going to pray for you. Lord, we recognize this is a serious issue in our homes, in our church, in our schools, in our society. This is something that's been thrust upon us so quickly. And Lord, we can't really expect to have all the answers at this stage in our life and in this stage of our history with technology and how it's changing us. So Lord, we humbly bow our heads today and we humbly ask you to teach us Show us how we can do better. Show us how we can apply the principles of your word, to the, of, this, of your ancient text to this very real current issue, a very modern thing. But Lord, your word speaks to every part of our life. And I pray, Lord God, that, uh, that, that we, as we open ourselves, that you would speak to us. We ask you, Lord, for wisdom. We ask you, Lord, for understanding. We ask you, Lord, for insight and courage to do the right thing. Lord, help us to be willing to lay aside the things that we, find, that we know are unhealthy for us in the area of technology so that we can better model to our children and to, our, to the young people around us. I pray for your help, Lord God. Continue to bless us in the, our discussion of this. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Peter.